Hello again, and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast, where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. All right, we are back. Another week off because we're some lazy schmucks. Yeah, I I, I just I, I don't know. Nah, I was busy. <laughs> I blame I blame that I'm old and you know things. I had come more up people and... in town. People fucking love coming down to Orlando, man. I tell you, always... it's almost like Orlando is like a destination or so something. So weird. It's like there's it's like weird. a giant theme park with a, a mouse. I know. And... I moved here to get away from people. It's I, crazy. I picked the wrong city. <laughs> well, we got a fun episode for you. As you have found out in the past, me and Seamus are also fans of not only horror but football. And with Thursday night being the NFL draft, we figured, why not do another draft? Now, it's not going to be as big as our fantasy draft, and it is a little bit different. What we're going to be doing is drafting our all-time best horror directors. And the way we're going to do that is we have specific horror genres or subgenres. We have slasher, monster, paranormal, zombie, psychological, and body horror. And what we're going to do is snake style draft a director to direct a unnamed project within that genre. So it sounds a little bit weird. <laughs> we are going to figure it out as we go as well. We have not picked our draft order yet, but that's what this week's episode is going to be about. And not only that, we have a third party joining us again. We have some more guests. We have a guest. You've heard him. You love him. We've got back Jimmy. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> it never fails. It never fails. Sweet. Sweet. He was on our fantasy draft episode back, God, maybe August or so, and he was on he our was. Christmas movie Christmas trailer movie episode. Trailer so episode. a reoccurring guest at this point. Another reoccurring guest. We got Jimmy and we get Kevin. A couple yep. reoccurring. We got a couple people. We got a we got a good roster got a going. We gotta set up like a uh, crew page of everyone's we profiles. Should. Put a, put put together a uh, uh that's what we could do. We could just we could just use Sean's free labor to build us a website <laughs> that hey i'm in like, i'm in like man i'm your brother <laughs> come give on look it up do me a solid pal so before we get into anything else tonight real quick just want to remind everybody if you are listening on apple podcasts please if you could give us a five star review especially if you like what we're doing it only helps us um takes two seconds just hit that five stars it helps push us up the uh up the ranking if you're not listening on apple then uh i guess just follow us like us and um follow our uh Social medias too, our Facebook page, our Instagram. We're putting all kinds of updates up there and keeping track of what we're doing, where we're going to be, and what we're going to be doing for episodes going in the future and the near, going forward into the near future. Excuse me. Uh, we got a couple special things lined up already, so keep keep an eye on, on on those pages, and you'll see what we got coming down the pipeline. Yeah, we are definitely lining some cool stuff up. So at Fear and Beer Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know the deal. Search us out. Give us a like, give us a follow, all that good stuff. Want to get into some beer now? Let's do yeah, uh, let's sure, get a little bit not? of beer. These are going to be quicker reviews because we don't know how long this draft thing is going to have to take. Yeah, kind of like we do. We're going to wing it. If you listen to our last Killer Reviews episode with Kevin, um, where we did the Shining theories, we did this kind of process. Rather than go through three beers one at a time, that takes too long. So we just each picked a beer. We're going to kind of just give you a, a quick... 10, 15 second review of it yep. and uh, move on. Cool. I will go first because I already have the untapped page already up on the list. So I'm <laughs> ready to go on this one. So I'm drinking, which kind of coincides with the whole fantasy draft aspect is it was all a dreamsicle from Duclaw Brewing Company. And this is, it's from Baltimore. It's orange. It's got a little creamsicle ice cream. So when I picked it up, I kind of was thinking it was going to be some sort of sour with milk sugar or some sort of like, I don't know, but it's a it's a New England IPA, which is throwing me off. It's eight and a half percent at a forty five IBU. So we're gonna crack this thing open. This says it's a classic dreamy orange vanilla ice cream, all hopped up. So I feel like it's it's kind of hard to get the hops with those creamy tastes sometimes. Well, the the milkshake IPAs are usually pretty good. Um, I've never really had a bad one. The only thing that tends to be an issue with milkshakes is that if you don't drink them relatively quickly like after they've been canned kind of um, they, they don't they don't go bad but they will eventually like 
lose uh, a certain profile. And like every beer will, but those ones specifically because they have the milk sugar in it. But they're usually thick, pretty pretty sweet. Um, yeah. I mean, off the nose right now, and it's probably because I just poured it, but I'm really not getting much of any scent. I'm getting some of that hoppy New England scent, but definitely no dream no no dreamsicle taste that's not a thing but no cream taste no vanilla or anything like that but let's, let's i bet you i bet you it'll be creamy when 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 you taste it but duclaw is really good i've had some duclaw stuff okay um, i stand is it good it's good yeah real smooth you do get that ipa you know bitter taste at the end but it's very smooth up front yeah it's a it's a milkshake some, i mean that's what some you orange up front it's not crazy like with the flavoring but it's it's there. That's for sure. I would recommend checking this out. It's all uh, it was all dreamsicle from Duclaw Brewing. Ooh. And what do you what do you got over there tonight, Shane? We are doing some different beers. So, so what I got, and mine I guess is a little more themed to horrorness, but uh, it's a local local brewery called Coppertail Brewing, uh, based out of Tampa, Florida. I've had them before. I'm not sure I've had this one in particular in particular but they do some really good stuff i like their can art it usually kind of sells me on whatever they've got kind of going on in their cans this is an american triple ale and it's called it holy and it's got this like bearded like monk looking dude with a knife and a, and a rat <laughs> and some singing rats and he's got eyeballs all over him so it's pretty pretty cool um i've had a few triple ales before they're it's not like an ipa or like a pale ale it's it's more of a i think it's belgian if i, if I, remember, if I remember correctly yeah it's a belgian ale um it smells like a belgian ale it's surprisingly well i guess that's i shouldn't say surprisingly it's a triple so 9.2 percent alcohol yeah that's volume. A heavy one. so it's pretty heavy um they say it's a traditional belgian touch so it's definitely going to be like their own take on a belgian but We'll see what we'll see how I feel. I'm not a huge Belgian guy. I don't go out of my way to get them, but I don't hate them either. That's like, surprising. Like I'm, I've already been surprised by just like can art and flavoring. Mine, I was thinking that you know that milk sugary, like style creamy beer, and and just from like yours, I was like, oh, it's probably gonna be like a really dark ale, like or maybe a stout style look. But the can art definitely fools you a little bit. Yeah, and and. What a triple style is usually there's, there's a reason it's called unholy and it looks like a monk because Belgian triples were like created by monks way back in the day. Um, so if you've ever heard the term Trappist, Trappist is a traditional monk beer that people still practice today. And there's still a few breweries that have been around for hundreds of years that have brewed the same way they've been brewing all the time. So anytime you get an American triple ale, it's usually like an American style take or American idea of what a Belgian style triple would be like. So it smells good. Give it a quick swig. Looks good though. Those triples are fun sometimes. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's got that fruity bitterness, I guess you can say it's like, it's not fruity in the sense that it's like a hazy IPA, but it's still got those hints of a Belgian visa, but not as sour. Um, it's definitely got a lot of bitter because there's a ton of hop. It's been hopped up quite a bit. Um, but I don't know. It's good. Um, so if you're in Florida area, I'm saying this all the time, but I mean, I, there's not too many places I've had down here that are like not good. So yeah, no. They, Copper Tail is good stuff. If you, can, if you check them out when you're in Tampa, if you're in that area, tons of good breweries down there, but these guys are really good too. So. All right. And I'm going to throw Jimmy on the spot. He has not done a beer. In, in our two past episodes, we have not really had him do a quote-unquote beer review with us i know jimmy are you a beer guy like i've never asked you <laughs> sorry the mic was the phone was in my bad guys. we are sharing a mic yeah we're sharing a, well they're uh, sharing nick a mic. and jimmy are sharing a mic uh i'm i mean no i'm a pretty vanilla guy like I, I i like the standard just like you know cheap bottom shelf beers like cores and buds and uh oh sorry i was told by my uh co-host co-host producer, to, producer, co-host producer. To, to speak louder into the mic for all my for all my fans um, <laughs> we know that most of them stick around for you dude and i just like to say to all my fans out there that i do appreciate i know you guys every so few often months that you guys look forward to the eh, so i'm glad i can <laughs> deliver and bring it to you guys but yeah i'm not a big uh i'm not big on the craft you know, I, I never really, it never really took off with me, but um, I have some shit here. It's got, it's, oh, it's stone. I knew, I do know stone. stone yeah, stone's um, some good stuff. I worked, yeah, I worked at a package store, and those motherfuckers were super expensive. Oh, um, 
hold on. I'm just trying to read the description. Um, well, it's a, it's a thrillingly crisp, clean, refreshing Mexican-style lager that quenches the thirst while gravitating... Oh, fuck. Is this going to be edited? Nope. F. Okay. <laughs> while gratifying taste buds via lime and sea salt. So this is uh, salt, lime, and, and lager. So, you know... Yeah, I think this is going much better. Than all right, he's gonna crack it and give it a swig and see what we're all about. I do like the can art. It's a sugar skull, and I can see like where the they said it's like a, you said it's like a Mexican style, like a cerveza style. Yeah, like salt and lime so, too. So. Okay, so yeah, that that would be interesting. I'm, I'm actually kind of jealous you got that one. But. Four point seven percent ABU, thirteen IBU, so it's a easy drink that's a that's a uh... yeah for sure and i think i think if not to say that i'm not comparing it <laughs> stone to like you know your typical mexican lagers but i'm sure it's got that same light crispness that you would get with one of those type of beers that is gratifying i just took my first sip they they did not disappoint that was good all right so before we get into the actual draft I just don't want. I just want to do some house cleaning real quick. We got a couple things that we got to talk about from our really, um, from our side real quick. We've been seeing all over Twitter, Instagram, everything. All these people getting cast as characters. They're getting their their callbacks already, which is a good sign. That's early. So congratulations to all you guys that uh, guys and girls that have been cast yeah. as a scare can't actor this can't year. Can't wait to see you guys this this year. I know you, you are you are excited. We are excited. I don't know who's more excited though. I cannot yeah, I don't wait. Know. Yeah, because I mean, I'm excited that we actually get an event this year. So yeah. I'm just saying, you might be excited that you get to work it, but I'm kind of excited I get to go to it. So, yeah. so I don't know. I might give you a run for your money, but yeah. congratulations now for all seriousness. You guys are you know awesome. I can't wait to see what all of you come up with and, and man, manage to do. And it's going to be a great, great fun event that you know I'm, my second one. My second event uh, ever. So yeah, in the books, but no. Congrats! It's going to be an awesome time. We can't wait to see you all in the fog. Let's go. One other thing is, if you are fans of not just Halloween Horror Nights, but just kind of horror in general, then you may have know of the event called Spooky Empire. It's actually going to be this weekend in Orlando. It's a Winwood, Winward. One, I don't know. Winwood Hotel, I think it I forget is. Forget the hotel, but it's over here on iDrive, isn't it? It's right on iDrive, and it runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I I believe there are tickets still available, but last are, I checked, there were. Yeah, but me and Seamus are actually going to be at the event on Sunday. Yeah, we will be. So we will bring some stickers, pins, and whatever. So if you guys are going to be attending that event, uh, shoot us a message on Instagram, comment on Twitter, whatever. Get a hold of us, and we'll try and meet up with you guys, and, and we're just going to hand these things out for free. So if you guys are fans of us and you are at Spooky Empire, let us know. And if you weren't fans the, the before chat. you met us at Spooky Empire, I'm glad we got to meet and talk a little bit, and I'm glad you're new fans, and hope you enjoy your stickers. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll if you listen to us out. now after the event. We'll be in handing the future. Hello, future Seamus. <laughs> so... Let's get into this little draft. We have not done the draft order, so as of right now, I'm going to throw these three, because there's a whole three of us in here. I'm going to put these in my hat, and since Jimmy is the guest, I will let him pick the number first. So we will see what order we are going to be picking in. You can pick next. I'll, I'll, I'll go... Jimmy's uh, I'll take. I'll take whatever is left over. All right, I got pick number three. Shit, that means I'm two, right? I'm two. Oh, Jameis is one. one again. Let's go. Doesn't even, doesn't even pick go, the number. Let's go, son. He leaves fate into destiny's hand. All right. So basic rules pretty much of this is we are going to be drafting our own, you know, dream team, as if you will, of directors to attach to a certain subgenre horror movie. So it doesn't necessarily, you know, obviously this name's going to be thrown out there, but say you want to pick number one overall, John Carpenter, obviously known for Halloween. You do not have to have him specifically do a slasher. If you want him to do your body horror or your zombie movie, you can. So you can mix and match. So I have no idea what the what is going to go into. There's going to be a lot of strategy process. here if you think about it, because like obviously I'm picking first. Yeah. So like I may go for a a not common genre just to get it out of the way and make yeah. sure that I lock down the best the, whatever one, one of the one of the best options there yeah and I, I have to force you guys to kind of think about it a little i haven't harder. really locked a lot in yet jimmy's been taking notes he's he's definitely 
ahead of the game for more ahead of the game than I am. But my strategy, I guess, is just not having a strategy. This is how I draft in fantasy as well. I, I wait oh, till yeah. last minute and I'm like, yeah. ah, fuck it. Who's on the board? Sure, let's yep. take them. And we're going to leave it up to you guys again to vote on who had the best lineup. So pay attention and let us know afterwards what you thought or who you thought had the best uh, lineup and who would you uh, take to uh, battle with. Yeah. All right. So it's up I to me, right? Seamus is kicking it off. I'll get a. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Jimmy because he's on pick two. So he'll be right behind. I got to wait a little bit. And I'm running to the podium with this pick. I do. Have, I do have one. Sorry, Seamus. I do have one. Oh, that's question. fine. That's fine. So answer the question. All right, as far as so, if you are you just drafting the director? Like, yes. So if you, so if you pick the slasher to go with, can I go the same genre? Yeah, yeah, different you, director? yes, yeah. You it doesn't matter what genre you okay. pick. All right, just you just, need to pick a director, and once someone picks a director, you can't use the director again. All right, sweet. So, so genres don't matter; it's just the directors. Yeah. Cool, Roger. Yep. And I'm running to the podium with this pick. I want to get this out of the way. Um, this man is a king of this genre. If I'm going to make a movie in this genre, this is the guy I'm going with. So you already know one thing: it's a guy. It is in the genre of body horror. And how do I not go with Mr. David Cronenberg, the king and the master of body horror? I mean, I, I got to make you guys work a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get stomped in the other genres, but I got to at least get, make you work a little bit here. David Cronenberg directed movies like The Fly. Um, he's directed a few other movies that I can't think of off the top of my head, so I'm embarrassing myself. But, I mean, when you think body horror, you think David Cronenberg. Blob. The Blob, exactly. So lock it up, David Cronenberg. Pick number one. So it's over to you, Jimmy, for pick two. All right, my friends. I'm a super uh, vanilla person. I like my pepperoni pizzas. I like... uh, You could have said cheese cheese pizza. That's more vanilla than pepperoni. But I feel like you're going to do toppings, though. Like, I need a topping. Oh, yeah, for sure. As As long as it's not Hawaiian pizza. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. (laughs) Fight me. I promise you. Um, I love... So a lot of my picks, if I do get them, um, are going to be pretty straightforward. So um, I love monster movies. I love them. I've always loved them. Um, I have three guys that I, I put down, but I'm I'm going to go with one. But you know, um, you know, the other two that I was debating about was Ishiro Honda. Um, for those don't know him he was the original uh, he was the one who directed the very first Godzilla movie or Gojira uh, back in 54 and that was just such a I think you know way ahead of its time as far as you know boy right after Nagasaki I mean about nine years after Nagasaki and Hiroshima I mean it was just so mind-blowing and so it's it it went way further than a dude just in a rubber suit destroying you know big cities and then, you know, I was on the fence about him as well, uh, Joe Dante, um, mm. one of my favorite uh, comedic horror directors. Um, I love Gremlins, um, also love The Howling, um, you know. But for my pick, for Monsters, for monsters um, like I said, I mean, I'm going to stick with the werewolves. They're my favorite. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with my guy John Landis. Um, I oh. American Werewolf in London is yep. probably my all-time favorite. Um, I thought the whole storyline was really interesting with the whole, you know, that's the first time I've ever seen. I haven't seen a werewolf movie since where you know the victims come back and you got to sever the bloodline for them to be at peace because they're in limbo and you know as 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 mind blowing as uh, those special effects were in '81 thanks to Rick Baker. Um, as mind-blowing as those were and with the transformation I mean no one ever really talks about the the design and how the final product of the wolf was so super feral looking and just like this hellhound I mean it looked like a dog straight from hell with the you know with the huge canines that it couldn't even close its mouth because it was in and John Landis is my guy I mean he makes a perfect horror movie as far as with monsters um yeah for sure you know, i love it's a good pick i love that werewolf worked for comedy I mean, if we were doing a comedy genre it would work for that dude because yeah, he makes really with, good and same with joe dante you know with gremlins i mean that was you know i mean obviously gremlins too everyone loves gremlins too i think that gets a little more praise from what i've read as far as gremlins but it's way too campy and you know 
I'm not a big fan of breaking the fourth wall. And, um, I mean, obviously Deadpool's different. But, I mean, it broke the fourth wall a couple of times. It kind of became a satire of itself. But Gremlins, I mean, you know, when you first actually didn't even know what they were going to look like, and, you know, the teacher sticks his fucking hand under the desk to feed it, you know. <laughs> Earl, for all those that don't know, his name was Earl, <laughs> the actual gremlin, sticks his fucking hand under the desk with a Snickers bar, and, you know, then takes the syringe and fucking shoves it up his ass. <laughs> I mean, that was fucking great. And then Stripe, I mean, you know, but they still had, like, the, the comedic, you know, twist to it as well. But um, John Landis was... I mean, not so much John Landis. I mean, Rick Baker, uh, my favorite special effects. I mean, wh- I put him ahead of Stan Winston. And um, wow, that's yeah, wow. Yeah, Rick Baker. That's Rick, them, the Dems fighting words, my friend. Well, because before, before that's a strong take. Well, before Rick Rick Baker, um, werewolves, werewolves where, you know, their transformations were usually shot in, like, the dark. You ever see the wolf, man? You don't really see the actual trans... I mean, this was the first time you ever saw a transformation in, you know, at least in, in light. Full, full light. light. Yeah, full light. for sure. It's been spoken about a million times. I mean, everybody... It, it is the best example of a werewolf movie, bar none. There will never be another one that tops American Werewolf in London, and John Landis and Rick Baker were both very much... And I loved it. And, you know, side note, funny trivia here... Um, Rick Baker was working on The Howling and left for American World. I didn't know that. Yep. I learned yep. something today. Thank you. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm going to go, you know, with that whole soliloquy and stuff. I'm going to go with John Landis as Monsters. All righty then. So. so that's on to you, Nick. So on to me. Okay. This is. And you get the wraparound picks. So, so this is, yeah, I get to sneak. So I get these two picks in a row. And I've just been rapidly rushing through my websites to try to, to lock down <laughs> So what you're people. saying is Jimmy and Seamus just keep talking as long as you can. Please, yes. Please go so I can get... And I kind of like this whole three pick because now I can just bang these two out and kind of chill yeah. for a little bit and wait. So I'm just going to throw this one out there. So my third pick, I think I just have to grab him while he's there. And I think I'm just going to go with my examples. I'm just going to take huh. John Carpenter. Four. I'm going to stick him in a paranormal movie. Oh. Because okay. I don't think he's really dipped his toes fully in that realm. He did 13 Ghosts? No? He, I don't remember exactly which I one. Could, he may I, have done 13 Ghosts. I'll have to double check on that. Who? John Carpenter. John Carpenter. A director of Halloween. No. Whoa. He fucking might have directed that shit? I think so. No way. Let me, I'm, I'm double checking. He, well, either, either way, I'm going to take. I want to take him because obviously he's known for... You know, the Halloween and the thing and stuff like that, where that's kind of your 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 body slash monster movie. You have slasher kind of all done. So I want to take his creative side and the love. I lied. It was not. It was no. Not it was John not. Okay. It was Steve Beck. Okay. I but, apologize. But I also love the fact when John Carpenter scores his own movies. In those paranormal movies, the score is so you know, relied upon. Yeah, it's just for so sure. in, so important to that to create the suspense. Yeah. And you have the guy that creates one of the most iconic, you know, themes of all time for horror. Right. Scoring a paranormal movie, that in, in itself will kind of just make you shit bricks right there. Oh, yeah. Agreed. For sure. So now to snake around, this one I'm still up in the air in my own mind. So he's done psychological movies. He's still fairly green in the field of directing. And he has an upcoming slasher sort of already coming out. Okay. So I don't want to put him in psychological, and I don't want to put him in slasher, but I do want him. Mm, This is interesting. And I would probably stick him in my zombie. Okay. And that would be Jordan Peele. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm very, I'd be very interested to see, because, you know, regardless of the, the style of horror you know we've seen it in get out we've seen it in us and we're probably going to see it in some sense of uh in Candyman. Mm-hmm. that that racial undertone you yeah. know where where it's not just a, a blanket story there's actually meaning to it which makes get out so much it's so layered right and that, that's what makes it one of a you know a one-of-a-kind movie yeah and zombie zombie style movies are are the most basic of them all. I mean, you right. look at any zombie movie, Night of the Living Dead, 20 Days Later, they're very minimal meaning behind them. 
Walking Dead, who gives a shit? I'd like to see somebody that could actually attach a story to it because I think that would create, I don't want to say a resurgence of zombie movies because I don't think it's like I don't want a resurgence to zombie movies, but you're but right. Ima- but if they, if they were actually, you know, horror movies that have meaning with zombies versus just like, you know, that cliche, like you said, like, I don't want zombie movies right. because they are all the same. Right. However, he could maybe, you know, flip the switch on things a little bit and give us a new look on, you know, not to, to rely on puns, but a dead genre or a dead subgenre. It's true, because zombies is definitely overplayed, and everybody's kind of tired of that genre. But I still think there's room for some different takes on, you know, where you go with it. And I think you're right. Jordan Peele will have a ridiculously awesome new view or new take on that theme. Not that we haven't seen the underlying tone of social ills in these movies. I mean, that's what Night of the Living Dead was totally based around. Um, but seeing that, like him be, even if he was to do like a remake or, or, or a reimagining of Night of the Living Dead, yeah. I think that would be awesome. Exactly. So, so. And, and it's kind of like, it's it's teed up for him. The same way Candyman was. Mm-hmm. The Candyman, you know, had a very basic racial undertone and a basic story. Yeah, for sure. But it wasn't, you know, back when it was made, it wasn't, it just wasn't really in mainstream as much, or it wasn't just. I don't know. It was just kind of thrown to the wayside. It didn't get. It wasn't. There was no meaning behind it. Now Agreed. with Jordan Peele's approach, I think he could elevate it to the next level. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. That's that makes a lot of sense. So those are my two off the board, and we're gonna be snaking back over to right, Jimmy. Back to Jimmy for his second pick. All right. So I'm gonna go with slashers. Um, this will be actually really. So this actually might not be as vanilla as. Um, Everyone might think, but for slashers, I'd love to see Oliver Stone take on a slasher. Mm. Just judging by some moves, like uh, you know, like his military moves, like Platoon, or you know, even the uh, uh, kind of like slasher comedy, uh, Natural Born Killers. Um, I think him taking a dive at like uh, like a true slasher movie. Yeah, like a true. Yeah. Slasher. I think I think especially how. Um, how artistic he is with his films and stuff. Um, but boy, he is not afraid to be violent in his films. So I think for a good director for a slasher film, I think it would be Oliver Stone. And uh, I'm a big fan of his, uh, a lot of his films. Um, so yeah, that's who I'm, that's who I'm going to go with as far as um, slashers. Who is the next pick? Oh, it's back to me. Well, it's back to oh, Seamus the wraparound pick. I wasn't ready. I thought you were going to go a little longer with that one, but that's okay. That's fine. That would be interesting in all of his Stone slasher movie. Um, especially if you bring in a guy who's never really done horror before. Not to say that his movies aren't horrific. Um, I think he does really... I mean, he's done awesome takes on, you know, some dark points in a, you know in, in human history, and I think that that is scary in itself. So him actually working with a real um, horror genre would be interesting. Now, we didn't determine the rules necessarily in the beginning. Are we only doing live directors, or we can we reach into the history? You can reach into history. Can yeah, we? Yeah, live, alive or dead, I would say, is, is fair game. Because, yeah, if, we're, if we were to compile just a list of all-time best horror directors, we would, I would choose live and dead as well. So I, dead, is, dead is on the table. Okay, so dead, sometimes dead, 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 dead is, is not be- better. Dead is better sometimes. All right, so I'm going to stick with the, the kings of genre for the moment i'm going to also go slasher and i'm going to pick a guy who you know unfortunately left our realm a few years ago and definitely was probably tired of making slasher movies but i think just i think we all wanted one more from him and i think there was plans for him to make one more uh, before he passed away and if you don't know who i'm going with yet it's wes craven um you gotta take him for slashers. I mean, I know I'm being I'm being a little more Manila than Jimmy if, is. You gotta take him off the board. I but mean. so far with body and slasher, I want the guys that really not not only not only defined the genre, but then also redefined it at the same time. So Wes Craven helped build the slasher genre with some of his some of the best work. I mean, Friday the Third. I mean, I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. Excuse me, and then to reinvent the genre with with uh, Scream in the 90s I I really think that if given one more chance in the mid 2000s late 2000s early 2010s and I think he was in talks to do Scream 4 before he died yes Um, so they were going to do a whole new trilogy right so I really do 
think we missed out a little bit on getting, you know, what his take would be in today's uh, climate when it comes to horror and slashers in general. So, gonna go as Craven with slasher, and that means it's gonna wrap right round, right back to me. And that puts me, I need a monster movie, paranormal movie, zombie movie, and psychological movie. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. Um, I'm going monster movie. But what I want to see is potentially another chance for this for this gentleman um, to make an, a monster movie and potentially do more practical work than just animation work. And I think this person was very animation heavy. Um, it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but it spawned a couple sequels that were, ugh. and I think that if he's given another chance, uh, I think with some really good practical effects, could make a really good practical monster movie, and that is J.J. Abrams. Ah, that's what I was thinking. So J.J. Abrams obviously did the first um, Cloverfield movie, and I think for most of us, I think we enjoyed Cloverfield a little bit. Could you imagine if he, if he directed a Godzilla film? Exactly. So what I'm thinking is, but what I want again is combine his Star Wars practical work. But he appreciates all that stuff. Like he loves. Right. Exactly. And that's loves, my, and that's my loves point. Loves kaiju films, which I right. which I am an absolute number one fan of. Right. Um, I think if we can ever get him to do a MonsterVerse film, I mean. If we can ever get him to do one of those films, like that would be I think so too. Amazing. Yeah, I think um, that he would give us unbelievable work. I, I he produced Super Eight, right? He didn't direct that. Am I am I, am I wrong in that? Did anybody know that? Super Eight, he did Super Eight. Did I he believe. direct that or did he just, did he, he pro- produced it? He produced Cloverfield, I believe. Matt was that Reeves what it was? Directed. Okay. Um, I knew it was one or the other. He he did one and produced the other. But either way, point is, is I want to see him do. He directed uh, Super Eight. Did he direct yeah. it? Okay, so and he wrote it. Okay, yeah, and and that was a pretty good movie too. I don't think it was as good as Cloverfield, but can you fact check me too? I don't know if I'm right. I don't want to piss off the fans. <laughs> what were you looking for? He, Cloverfield. He's, is that he, Matt think, Reeves? he thinks Matt Reeves may have directed I Cloverfield. It was Matt Reeves. Either way, either way. Um, oh, thank God. The star. Yeah. The, the Star Wars. Movies notwithstanding, at least the practical work in those were really good. And even if it's not like a gaiju monster movie and like more of a grounded monster movie, I still think his work with some of the stuff he's done more recently I think would really be kind of cool. Whether he wants to do another movie, I don't know. Maybe he's just doing too much in, in the, in the uh, TV world. But I think we could get something kind of, you know, really good out of, out of him. So, I mean, it's back to you, Jimmy. <clears throat> All right. So, um... Boy, I've been really wrestling with this. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go. Boopily. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zombie. I'll leave my. I'll leave my body horror for later. Um, so I've got two. Um, two options here um, that I'm kind of wrestling around with. Um, I was gonna go for at least for you know as. I, he did such a good job, and I love I love to see these kind of comedic actors um, kind of take this you know this this new role like you know like the Jordan Peels of the world and stuff you know they're they're known for one thing and um, you know, all of a sudden out of the woodwork they start making these you know uh, suspense thrillers and horror movies and stuff and this one particular guy did so good um, for a role, you know for what we've all known him as you know um, Jim Halpert. Um, I'd love to see Krasinski do a zombie movie just because he did so well with the post-apocalyptic feel of uh, uh, Quiet Place. But um, before he was this, this other director was this master of, you know, <clears throat> taking famous either books or even or even po- uh, you know past cinema, um, as in uh, you know King Kong and and the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Peter Jackson, you know, early on did a lot of uh, horror movies as well, The Frighteners, and et cetera. There's another one I'm, I'm kind of missing. I didn't see it, but it's really gory. Um, so I like, you know, I don't know if I'd like to see Peter Jackson do that. I think I'm going to lean towards John Krasinski to do a zombie movie. I'm that would draft, be really interesting. I'm going to see. I'm going to draft John Krasinski to do a zombie um, film, just because of how. Um, amazing A Quiet Place was yeah, and how good the next one's gonna be too I mean, yeah absolutely and what a cool 
different idea with the whole sign language and everything. Um, I mean, think about it. Who, who would have thought he would have done a monster movie like five years ago? Yeah. At all. Any kind of horror. Right. Well, so. that, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, Jordan Peele was known for like, what? Fucking Key and Peele and yeah. bad TV early on. It's, it's funny how... Um, I mean, Nick and I have talked about this before. It's funny how so many comedic directors or comedic or comedians in general really do well when it comes to horror or or even dramatic dramatic stuff yeah uh there was a bunch of like you know i know we're switching gears here but like you know i feel like comedic actors are so versatile i mean you know you go to breaking bad i mean you can pick bob odenkirk and those guys i mean Mm -hmm. bill burr uh there's a bunch of um, brian cranston Brian, yeah, uh, Brian Cranston, uh, Hal, um, and um, the dentist from Seinfeld. I mean, like, agreed for sure. Yeah, they're so versatile, and it's so cool because, like, you know, um, I always, I always have the theory that these guys were always like horror fans, and now they get, you know, now they have these big platforms where they can direct and, um, you know, do with what they want. And so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose John Krasinski for a for a zombie movie. I think he would do really well with it. I think he'd run away with it. I think um, I can see him putting on like a Danny Boyle kind of spin with you know how amazing. I mean, 28 Days Later was and stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's my pick. Um, I didn't want to just say John Krasinski, so I went into this whole thing with Peter Jackson as well just to talk a little longer. But yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, that's okay. No worries. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Krasinski. That's my dig. All right, so it's back to me, and I got two now. And these guys, I'm picking these both, thinking that they're kind of going to be the future of horror movies in the next coming years. Oh, because they they're okay. they're very they're newer, that's for sure. So maybe there's some recency bias there. And now I'm just trying to, I'm still tossing back and forth, which genre I'm going to pair these guys up in. So let me just get the first one out of the way. And this one, I'm going to fuck up his last name. <laughs> so yeah, you're not, I was going to say, if you're listening, you're not going to fucking listen. So that's Andy Machete, the okay. director from yeah. It, Chapter 1 yep. and Chapter 2. Yeah, for which, which genre? And I am going to stick him in, which is not a super stretch compared to It, but I'm going to put him in the monster movie. Okay, yeah. And... You know, it kind of dances between categories. It's definitely a monster. It's kind of like the coming of age story. It's also a little psychological. There's also hauntings in there. So it, it's kind of like it shows how well rounded he is. So I'd like to see him just hone in on just the monster. And we've seen in that battle at the end of It Chapter 2 how he can direct large creatures and, and large yeah he's good with large scale set pieces even if they're like in confined spaces and I think it's a, there's an art to making that scary because you have to make people feel claustrophobic and feel like the main characters are in a situation where it's going to be really hard to get them out of especially when they're in such a tight a space so yeah that whole scene is very um, stress inducing yeah it, it, sh- <laughs> it shows like he knows at least how to scale and how to act or not how to act, how to direct the actors in regards to, you know, fearing for something that's clearly not there, but mm-hmm. a, a very large menacing figure. So I, I, th- I think I'd like to stick them into that monster realm. Now, this is the one that I was really tossing around because I know I want him. I don't know if I want to put him in slasher because not that it's a cop-out, but I think it's just too easy of a, you know, I think with slasher... I can get a little bit more creative with a director, and I can kind of pick someone later on down the road with probably my last pick and, and plug someone in there that could be fun. And I don't really want to stick him in psychological because that, that's kind of the world that he's been dancing in recently. So I'm going to go and stick him in body horror. Oh, wow. And this is going to be Mike Flanagan, okay. the director of the Haunting of Hill House series. Okay. So he's also done. I mean, he's he's been Have around he done movies before. He's or is it been just TV? around. So he's done. Um, he's done the psychological thriller Gerald's Way, and he did okay. Oculus, okay. and he also did Hush. Oh, he did Hush. All yeah, right. yeah, that's so a great movie. So he's got a lot of that. It's like, an awesome movie. You haven't watched that yet. He's got a lot of that stuff, 
But body horror is not something that he's really danced in yet. Okay, he's, yeah. He's definitely more of that psychological, haunted, spooky style stuff like that. That's an interesting pick. It takes a special kind of person to be able to pull off body horror yeah. um, without making it just uselessly gross. gross. Um, it has to be gross, but in a way that's artistic, I guess. Um, much like a... If you think about um, the old Giallo films and you pick someone like... Um, Oh my God! I'm drawing, drawing a blank with the guy who directed a lot of those movies, like Suspiria. Oh my God! I'm forgetting names. This is yeah. bad. I'm sorry. We're we're throwing out so many names but today. But the point that is, is, is the point is, is that like you need someone like that who can make not only gross and scary, but also artistic and beautiful at the same time. So yeah. it definitely takes a special kind of person to do that. Well, now I'm looking at my list. I have the two, I, you know, the two most common in the horror. I still have slasher and psychological. Left. <laughs> yeah, you do. So I got a. I'm glad that I am on turn three and, and I'm I've passing got it back to Jimmy. <laughs> so that way I can I can think and stew on these next these next two I think, that I got to I, th- I think the last three I've got, um, no one else has. But we'll see what happens. So you're up, Jimmy. All right. So my next pick, I'm gonna do uh, body horror, and I would. This movie's already been made from this director that I picked, but I'd like to see um, because I think he'd be great at it. Um, I'd love to see David Fincher do a body horror film. And not only any type of body horror film, I'd like to see him do Seven. Because mm-hmm. if you notice in Seven, you never see John Doe actually commit the crime. You just see the aftermath. So imagine how fucked up it would be to see, you know, where he takes a pound of flesh from Eli Gould, who's the shitty lawyer, mm-hmm. or, you know force-feeding the guy uh, for, for gluttony. Or, uh, God, what do you do with a, with a girl for, for pride? Like, she shaved like, off her cut, nose, cut, cut her, her face, face up a bunch. Face. Or how about the dude with a giant, like, spear dildo fucking <laughs> the prostitute? Ugh. Yeah, so I think that would be really interesting to see the, you know, maybe it'll, maybe the director's cut one day or a, a final cut. We'll see John Doe commit the crimes. But yeah, that's who I would go with my body horror. Um, uh, David Fincher, and you know, uh, it's because of the film Seven. I think, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I think he does a great job with uh, leaving so much to the imagination of how these crimes are brutally committed and stuff, and how he, you know, um, manipulated and, you know, especially the, the poor bastard who's got the the strap-on spear, um, <laughs> you know, with a gun to his head. I mean, he, you know. I think it would be absolutely insane. Would be um, pretty, would be kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, and I that's think for sure. Fincher. I mean, even even when you did see the aftermath of the crimes, I mean, God, I remember you know when uh, Detective Mills was Brad Pitt. Um, What's in the box? Yeah, I mean, What's God, could you could you imagine seeing you know I mean, you know, seeing Gwyneth Paltrow's head in that fucking box? No, but that would like, be awful. Uh, Poor, see, not Gwyneth, not Pepper. Yeah, Pepper, Pepper Brooks. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Oh, fuck. Who's Pepper Brooks? I don't know. Pepper Potts. Oh, is, is that the dude from Dodgeball? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to hurt, Pepper. <laughs> I think so, right? Not to get you sidetracked. I'm sorry. But, uh, um, fuck. Sorry. To all, to all the Marvel fans out there, don't comment after this is being aired. Um,. Yeah, I like I said, I think David Fincher, like you know, that one scene where he walks in, um, Detective Mills walks in the crime scene with the uh, with the lawyer with the pound of flesh, and there's just greed and blood written all over the carpet. I mean, could you? I can't even imagine how he how he did it, you know. So I think that'd be really really cool to see him do a body horror film because you know, I mean, if he can just disturb you from the aftermath of those crimes, I mean, imagine what he did, you know, he could do with an act, you know. A film that's based on that, like a Fly or a or a remake of The Blob. Yeah, starring, for sure. Starring Kevin Dillon, who we all know as Johnny <laughs> Drama from Entourage. Shout out to <laughs> Kevin Dillon. We love you. Victory. And who's next? That means it's back to me for the other wraparound picks. So I've got three more picks to make. I've got Paranormal, Zombies, and Psychological. So I've got a couple a couple that I know kind of where I'm going so I'm going to go with these two first and then I'll have to really think hard over the next couple picks to figure out the uh, the last one so first I'm going to go psychological um, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and I'm picking a pairing so 
start thinking about all those pairing. Is it, is it the Wachowski sisters? We'll see. You'll, okay. We'll see when we get here. But it's psychological. Um, I'm going with a pairing. They are family. So it is a sibling duo. So it might be the Wachowski Could sisters. Could very, very potentially be the Wachowski sisters. But unfortunately, it's not. I am going to go, and this is maybe a little out of left field. Maybe. Um, but I'm going to go with the Safdie brothers. I would love to see a psychological movie, like a true psychological horror movie, done in their unrelenting, stress-inducing, um, go-constantly style. If you've seen either one of their two major movies, um, Good Times with Robert Pattinson, or uh, the more recent one, um, oh my God, what's someone with Adam Sandler called? <laughs> uh, what is the movie called? You'll be Halloween? No, 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 no. The movie... Uh, You'll be Halloween? <laughs> no, no. The, ge- the Uncut Gems. Jesus, uh. I can't think of things. So I would love to see their take <laughs> on more of a traditional psychological horror movie. I mean, I think it's their it, it, dramas, which I wouldn't even call them so much straight dramas. I mean, they're like, they're like psychological dramas. I think if you take that and do a psychological horror movie, um, much like a Shining with their take, I think would be like unrelenting for two hours. I think you would just constantly be sitting there, you know, on the edge of your seat going, what the hell is going to happen? Just between their sound design, the acting that they, they that they get out of their actors, and the story they would come up with, I think would be really cool. So that's where I'm going to go with psychological. And then I'm also going to go zombies. I had to get this one out of the way because this one, this one's tough. I think everybody... So far, we've had two really good picks. John it's Krasinski, simple, Jordan Peele. It's like, like slasher. It's so simple that... You, you got you try to you want to try to find somebody that can elevate it. Well, right, exactly. So it's like you're not going to get a whole lot of you're not going to get a whole lot of, of newness to either of these genres. Like slashers are slashers. They're going to just pick a dude or some monster. It's going to run around and it's going to kill people. The um, same with zombies. I mean, it's zombies. It's you know, there's only so much you can do with undead uh, corpses walking around eating people. So I'm going way out of left field here. Um, I'm picking a guy who's only done two move two feature length movies. One. I've never heard of. The other one has Nick Cage in it, and it's fucking amazing. Uh, it is literally the cra- probably the craziest Nick Cage role I've ever seen. The Wicker Man? No, no. Um, Face Off? No, no. This is like a more recent. This is like a movie Leave from like Las Vegas? five years ago. It's not even that, not that old. Ghost Rider? No. So you're all wrong. National Treasure. You're completely wrong. Everyone's wrong. Stop. <laughs> Kick ass. No, still oh. wrong. So uh, the director I'm going with, his name is. Panos Cosmatos. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that like most of our audience has no idea what I'm talking about, and that's fine. But I'm going with him because he directed one of my favorite movies of the last like three or four years, and it's called Mandy. If you've never seen Mandy, find a way to get access to Shutter, which is like a horror terror like terror type website. Um, Mandy is a very low run. It wasn't distributed very much, but it is literally Nick Cage at his Nick Cageiest, And it's phenomenal. Like, it, it, it's not even really so much a scary movie. It's more of a, it's like a revenge thriller. So it's just like Nick Cage going on, like, unbridled revenge to get back at these weird biker gang-like dudes who murdered his girlfriend. And he has a chainsaw fight in it. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, but I want to see what this dude could do with the zombie genre because... He, at least Mandy is super out there. It's 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 really weird. It's 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 like a almost like a acid trip on cellulite. It's such a weird movie, and it's out there. The colors are it, it, are insane. It, the whole movie's just insane. Like it, I, it's hard to explain without like having you just go watch the movie. So please, if you haven't seen Mandy, find a way to watch it because it will blow your mind. But I want to see Panos Cosmatos direct a zombie movie with Nick Cage in the lead. And I don't want Nick Cage to speak more than like three words in it. And I just want him to be Nick Cage and be nuts and have long hair. So that's where I'm going with zombies. So it's back to you, Jimmy, for your uh, last pick, I believe. All right, yeah, this is my last pick. So I, uh, this, was the, this, this was the toughest one. Um, Paranormal. Um, so I decided instead of like going to Paranormal. Oh, it's not your last. Is it? Your, no, it's not your last pick. No, I apologize. It's, it's your second to last pick. Wait, sorry, wait. sorry, everybody. Um, you still paranormal psychological. Psychological. Oh, That's my fault. Sorry, everybody. Oh man, I gotta. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. scramble time. You got time while I answer. Yeah. So yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um. So paranormal. I decided not to go the you know the paranormal activity route where it's just like jump scares and stuff. I decided to go with this director. 
Um, because I've seen other paranormal movies that are kind of like, you know, like, or other shows like the uh, Haunting on Hill House. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yep. Okay. Haunting of Hill House. Yep. Haunting of Hill House. Um, and like, you know, the, the great Nicole Kidman one, um, The Others. Um, <clears throat> I decided to go that route where it's, you know, there's a, there, there is a story to it and you can, a little more, um, it's a little more artistic, I guess. And I think this guy would knock it out of the fucking park if, um, if you've ever seen District 9, I'm going to go with Neil Blomkamp. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think he would knock it the fuck out of the park with a paranormal movie. Um, you know, I think he I, I think he would, you know, would be able to tell a great story and, you know, add a little disturbance to it as well. Um, you know, I, I have, and for all my alien fans out there, before Ridley Scott fucked up his own um, franchise, um, <laughs> you know, there was talks that he was going to ignore Alien 3, and, um, you know, we were going to have an, an Alien Resurrection, we were going to have an Alien 5, but ignore those two, and carry off right with Aliens, and it'd be, you know, Ripley and Hicks fucking shit up, which I would have loved, mm-hmm. and then that fucking dickhead who's super senile fucked up his entire franchise if you've seen covenant and prometheus you guys know what i'm talking about so hopefully <laughs> it's still on the table we're still waiting um i mean not to get sidetracked but if you want that story they did a whole comic run and there's alien omnibuses for it that basically go into the story that you're talking about exactly so but I they had to change the names because they made those movies oh yeah so i think uh i think hopefully we'll get a we'll you know I, I don't know. I've read things, but who knows? Come hopefully, on, man. Hopefully Neil can can restart that amazing legendary franchise again because it's one of my, you know, it's one. It's also, you know, I'm a huge monster guy. The Xenomorph is one of my all-time favorite um, monsters, characters. I mean, they're so incredible how they were designed. Shout out to H.R. Geiger, the Swiss surrealist artist <laughs> who for some reason loves biomechanical things with penises yes um so shout out to neil for paranormal shout out to phalluses and fa- yeah and yeah phallic imagery yeah so uh, i'm gonna give it to nick for his pick and i gotta come up Nick's with down to his last two films. slasher and psychological yeah so these are these are my last two and these were definitely a little bit head scratching and i i wrote these down as potentials towards the beginning, but I kind of had figured they would be taken from me at any point, so I didn't really rely on having them still at my disposal. <laughs> in one of them, uh, we'll get, I'll get into him. You know, it doesn't matter because I, I pick back to back. You get both of them anyway. Okay, so. so I'm gonna kick it off with the guy that I honestly don't fucking like his movies, <laughs> but I really want to like his movies, and that is Ari Aster. Yeah. Midsummer, shit. I was hereditary. Take him too. That I just, me up. God, I just, I don't like his movies, and I want to like them, and they're beautiful, and and We've what had I discussion before, <laughs> yeah. And, and so what I what I need to do is I need to put restraints on him. I cannot let him run around and make <laughs> a two and a half hour movie about you know group orgies and flower parades and folklore (laughs) games and dances and fairy tales and i'm going to sit him down and i'm going to say pick one and on the table is going to be a knife a machete and a chainsaw and i'm going to stick him in a slasher movie and that is what you have to direct you have an hour and a half to tell me a very basic story with a very creative character and the backstory doesn't really have to make sense and I want a goddamn basic 70s, 80s slasher movie. That's it. You get to shoot it very nice. It's going to look beautiful. However, I don't need any of your extra fluff. I don't need a bear in a cage. I don't need a girl getting her head slapped off by a stop sign. I don't need any of that. It was a telephone pole. Or a telephone pole. <laughs> I don't need it. And it sucks that I don't really like Hereditary is okay. Like, I'm okay with that. Um... But, but Midsommar, it was just so fucking weird. I, I, <laughs> I get it. People like it. It's, you know, and people... I loved that And movie. people, just saying. you know, call it the, the, the scariest movie of all time. Well, it's not, but that's, that, that's silly. You know, it's, but that's like but it's some so people's fucking weird. claim to it. But it's, it's a funky movie. And like I said, I mean, 
it's he knows how to shoot movies. That's for sure. For sure. So I'm gonna just reel him in a little bit and stick him in the flasher corner and tell him to produce me something beautiful. Now, with my last pick, I'm very surprised that this guy stuck around. And I'm going to stick him in psychological. A, because it's the last one that I have to do. (laughs) And B, because he hasn't really dipped his toes in there all too much. Now, a lot of his movies have some psychology behind it. However, he's done what people refer to as, you know, haunting movies. He's done gore porn movies. He's done fast movies. I know exactly who you're going with. And that is going to be James Wan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sticking him in my psychological movie. Obviously, he's done in Saw, Insidious, Dead Silence, The Conjuring, Fast and the Furious 7. <laughs> but this dude is kind of, I don't want to say slowly becoming, because it, it you know, it said Saw, it's been, what, what was Saw, 2001? It was early 2000s, 2004, I'd say. 2004 or 5, I 2004. think. 2004. But so he's he's been around for a little bit. So it's not he's not slowly becoming the kingpin of horror. Which, of, by the way, there's a new horror. one coming out. I know. Spiral. Which we may have to go see. Spiral with Chris Rock and Samuel I Jackson. I'm actually kind of excited. You want to play games, motherfucker? <laughs> of course that line's in there. <laughs> Continue. However, he he is definitely the kingpin of essentially new horror, I would say. He's, he's I mean. Yeah, he's one of those directors that's kind of like redefined what horror is today in today's world i mean we get a lot of what we have now from him so i could see it yeah i mean he's kickstarted three whole worlds it's true you know the saw world where there's what eight or twelve eight, eight or nine of them the conjuring which is is going to be on its third movie but they also have three annabelles and the nun and um i think that there were in talks for doing like the 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 broken man or something like I that. I believe it. You know, so that he's created that he, world and he then got he did the Ed and Lorraine stories, so Yeah, and then Insidious, which I think I, I hope they continue that one again because I really like that story. But that again spawned three or four sequels yeah, and as I, well. And I actually preferred the Insidious series over the Conjuring series, surprisingly I, enough. I like the Conjuring just the Conjuring movies, I think, more than Insidious. Um, but if I had to like group in like the nun and yeah. Annabelle, the Annabelle one kind of brings it down a little bit for me, and, and I do like the Insidious ones a lot better. But that's that's my uh, that's my roster right there of my director. Alrighty, so we'll, we'll, I'm all yeah, done. We'll, I am officially off the clock. I have filled my roster. Yeah, we'll read through the the full rosters when we're done. Yeah, and now I'm gonna bring this back over to Jimmy. All right, Jimmy, last pick, psychological. <laughs> all right, so I thought I was gonna have to scramble with this one, but turns out I didn't because this particular director, um, who I love. But I feel so stupid every time I watch his movies <laughs> because they're really cool, but I don't understand them. And um, he he has directed two thrillers, I, and I was like, man, I should you know he, this guy should totally direct these thrillers because I think it'd be great. And I looked back and I was like, oh fuck, he totally did direct these thrillers. And I'm gonna go with uh, Christopher Nolan. Okay, uh, he's got two uh, big time thrillers in uh, Memento and uh, Insomnia. And Insomnia is interesting because I was right around. Uh, Robin Williams started taking like a villainous role. Um, you know, uh, you know, he was with uh, Al Pacino in that movie. But I remember, you know, if you guys don't remember, uh, we used that creepy, weird dude in One Hour Photo. Um, you know, so yeah, I think uh, God, I just hope if he does direct a fucking psychological horror, like I can understand it. But I don't think I will. No, because he plays the time in every movie he makes. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you I'll like what I see. I just won't be able to tell you what I saw. Um, <laughs> or hear it. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hear what they're saying. It. I, I fucking, yeah, Tenet was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Christopher Nolan for psychological horror. Um, That'd be an expensive psychological horror movie. Yeah. He would find some way to do, like, a multi-million dollar set piece that... I would it's completely unnecessary in a psychological yes. horror movie. And if he does do that, I would absolutely recommend <laughs> it in IMAX theaters. Um, so yes, I'm going to go. I'm off the clock. I'm going to go with psych uh, for psychological. All right, and that brings it right back to me with the last Mr. pick. Mr. Irrelevant. So we're on to Mr. Irrelevant here, and I don't think he's this irrelevant. I think this is going to be a good pick. At least and there's there's definitely a lot still out there that uh, we'll oh, go through some yeah, people sure. that maybe We've we didn't totally pick. Totally missed a lot of great directors, but and I'm going way off the beaten path of this one too. The last couple of picks I've made are really kind of non 
non-vanilla. Um, but so with paranormal, um, I decided that I wanted to maybe do a little bit more black comedy, a little more dark humor um, with this. So like make a ghost movie, but not more straight up comedy like Ghostbusters, but more of a paranormal haunting movie, but with a little layer of funniness and potentially have make it a British make it make it like a British dark humor movie. Okay. Um, so the director I'm going with is Stephen Merchant. And the only reason I'm going with Stephen Merchant is I think he does dramas, the ones he has done really well. Um, he surprised me immensely with the Fighting With My Family movie. Um, I didn't think that a WWE movie about a WWE wrestler could be good and actually like draw me have in meaning and have and, meaning yeah. to it. And no, no offense to Paige or anything or any of those characters in it. I just didn't think it would happen. Um, but he really did an awesome job. And he has the ability to touch you a certain way, like feelings-wise, a certain way. But at the same gets time, you, mix, gets you right in the feels. Yeah, but mix in, but but mix in the comedic element. So I think taking that idea and going around, going the horror route, less the drama route, I think would be interesting to see what he could do with it. Yeah. Um, so make it like a British style old ghost haunting story like, like an old like, like, like a Vincent Price style you even have a character in it like, yeah. like that makes fun of Vincent Price mm-hmm. and have him do his humor I think would be really kind of cool so I like that Stephen Merchant is Mr. Irrelevant and Jimmy's drawn Godzilla so so before we go into some of the picks that weren't made let me go through the uh, the, the picks again real quick so everybody kind of gets a, a yeah, sense read these of, off because honestly I forget my of, well who's, of whose rosters are so we'll start with Seamus my roster um, so for Slasher, I went Wes Craven. For Monster Movies, I went J.J. Abrams. Paranormal, obviously Stephen Merchant. The Zombies, I went Panos Cosmatos. Psychological, I went Safdie Brothers. And Body Horror, I went David Cronenberg. Jimmy, our resident guest, went Slasher, Oliver Stone. Monster, John Landis. Paranormal, Neil Blomkamp. Zombies, John Krasinski. Psychological, Christopher Nolan. And Body Horror, David Fincher. And then rounding it out with uh, Nick's team, he went Slasher, Ari Aster, Monster, Andres Muschietti, Paranormal, John Carpenter, Zombies, Jordan Peele, Psychological, James Wan, and Body Horror, Mike Flanagan. So some pretty solid teams. I think there was definitely a lot of um, out there picks, some out of left field type picks, more so than I thought there was going to be. I thought yeah. we were going to go kind of like heavy on the... I mean, we like... And I started to, but I needed to get those picks out of the way so that yeah. like I could lock them in. That was, I mean... George A. Romero still out there. Yeah, Alfred exactly. Alfred Hitchcock still out there. And, the, and when I think back to those guys, it's like, eh, you know, what is, what is that? It, how much more am I going to get out of Alfred Hitchcock? Well, the thing about like, Alfred Hitchcock too is like, would I mean, how would it translate? Yeah, would he do well with a movie that isn't psychological? Yeah, or no, would Romero do anything other than zombies and make it like how would, would I even style? want to see that? Right, exactly. So what I try to do is like kind either go with someone that's a king of the genre yeah. or at least try to find a, a director that may have not done something in this genre but at least his his or her unique style yeah. would bring something new to yeah. it yeah or and like they've showed they've shown like a, a small taste of that all right well that wraps up our draft episode and before we completely wrap up for the night i wanted to shoot out what we're going to be doing next week so next week we are going to be doing our killer reviews. We know we are now off a week because we usually drop that on the first of the month, and that's going to be kind of a, a week. Oh no, I lied to you. Haha! Even skipping a week didn't fuck us up that much. So our killer reviews is still going to be out on the first week. That was going to be next Friday, May seventh, and we are going to be doing the Cabin in the Woods because it recently just hit its tenth year anniversary. Can't can't believe that it's already been ten years for for Cabin in the Woods. Is that the one with Thor? Fucking hits a electric fence and blows up. Because <laughs> that's a wicked funny scene. Yeah, that is uh, that is Chris phenomenal. Hemsworth. But killer reviews on the way next week, and we have a lot of cool stuff in the works for our next coming month or so. We have interviews lined up. We are working on a very large co-op episode with a handful of horror nights creative yeah. people so get so ready for that be, be on the lookout awesome. we're gonna we're, Can't wait. we're starting to finalize topics and, and and dates and stuff like that but that is going to be a big episode and i can tell you that we are going to be putting it out on may 25th which is going to be 
100 days until Halloween Horror Nights twenty. I can't believe we're that close already. I know. 100 days now. Oh. We are almost Come on, Adrian. Give us some drops. Almost into double digits. I, I they, they will be dropping I did information see, soon, I not, I mean, not to, get, not to get super sidetracked into this discussion, but I did see a post that, like, one of the houses or somewhere there's bricks that look like the bricks from... Um, Haunting on Hill House, so it's almost yeah. like confirming that that's going to be a yeah, house. So, so that's going to be up there. Okay. Super exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. So May 25th is going to be our very big co-op episode with who and what we talk about. I don't want to say is TBD because we have determined it. It is TBR to be released. Is that a thing? I make up a thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I totally made up a thing. That's our thing. We, we will be letting you in on that in a couple weeks. But until then, this is Nick. And this is Seamus. And Jimmy. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Happy haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check them out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.